Hey, I'm in a series on relationships and uh, relationship goals. And I want to talk to you this morning about boundaries. And uh, let me just set this up because I had the first service was wondering if I was ever going to get there. It's going to take me a while for this to kind of click and make sense. But if you'll stay with me, uh, it will make sense. But let's pray and then we'll read some of the... Uh, some of the scripture that I want to share with you. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you once again for everything that you've done at LifePoint Church. But more importantly, we thank you for what you're going to do. We believe that our best is yet to come. And so, Father, Lord, as we continue to move forward, as we continue to fulfill the vision and the dream that you have for us, I pray that we would always be reminded of our why, that we are impacting someone's eternity. We're making a difference in families. We're making a difference in individual lives. And Father, Lord, we just thank you that you have chosen to partner with us to build one life at a time. We'll never cease to give you the praise, nor the glory for it. It's in Jesus' mighty name that we pray. Amen. And everyone said, amen. I want you to look at Romans chapter 12, verse number 18. And uh, the Bible records these words. And it says, if it is possible, as far as it depends upon you, everyone say me, as far as it depends upon you, live at peace with everyone. So if we're talking about relationships and we're talking about partnership, we're talking about building, or building healthy biblical relationships, we have to understand that it starts with me. In any relationship, if I want to acquire or have peace within that relationship, it all starts with me. The scripture says that I need to do everything in my ability to maintain and to try to keep peace in my relationships. So as far as it is dependent upon me, we are going to have peace in this relationship in this partnership. But notice the Bible said that if it is possible, which lets me know that there are some cases that it's not going to be possible. There are some people that it is just their MO to continue to stir up strife, division, and discord. It's just how they function. They have become comfortable functioning in dysfunction. And they want to try to bring you in to be a part of that. And uh, there are sometimes, as we'll see in this message, that you're going to have to decide what is the cutoff point? What are some boundaries that I need to set up? Uh, because there are some cases that it's just not possible to keep this relationship. All right? It's just not possible. Now, let me just interject something here. I'm not talking about at this moment a marital relationship. We're talking about a whole nother, whole nother context. So don't go home and say, well, can't keep any peace here. See you later. I'm out of here. <laughs> That's not going to work. Okay. So, so if it's possible, I need to do everything in my power, everything in my ability to try to keep peace. And so part of keeping peace in any relationship are boundaries, building boundaries within the relationship. Uh, boundaries begin with me. Boundaries begin with you. In other words, I can't blame other people for me. I have to take responsibility. We like to do that because it's easier for us to blame someone else and shift the responsibility on them instead of us owning up and taking responsibility. You know, we say things like this. Well, you know what? You gave me that bad attitude. Well, no, they really didn't. You chose to take that attitude. You chose to keep that attitude. That is a choice that you and I make. You know, you gave me, you gave me this attitude. No, no, you had it before I ever showed up, right? You just chose to manifest that attitude. So you and I are responsible for our thought life. We are responsible for our behavior. We are responsible for our mistakes. It just makes it easier when we're able to blame someone else because it makes us feel better, right? We don't like that feeling guilty and all of those other things. This goes back all the way to um, our parents. It goes all the way back to the garden. Remember Adam and Eve? Remember what happened when Eve was tempted and she yielded to temptation? 
And when God came to visit them, what did Eve say? Eve said what? The serpent made me do it. It was the serpent. It was because of the serpent. She shifted and blamed the responsibility onto the serpent. But in reality, that was her choice. She chose to partake. And then Adam got to the place where Adam said, God, it had nothing to do with me. It was that woman that you gave me. Oh, I'm getting tight right here. I'll just stay right, right, right here. I didn't even ask for her, God. You said it wasn't good for me to be alone. You gave her to me. Now look what happened. And so it's just easier to blame someone else. I don't know about you, but I am notorious for losing things. Anybody notorious for losing things? I mean, it, it's just constantly, constantly. That's why it takes an army to keep me in line because I constantly lose things. The other day, um, I lost a set of clothes. I had some on. They were extra, okay? <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like, hey, hey, how you guys doing? But... Uh, I took an extra set of clothes to the church because I knew we'd be working and uh, I had some things I needed to do and I was going to change into these clothes later and um, I couldn't find them. And I'm like, I know I brought these clothes here. I couldn't find them. I'm like, I'm looking everywhere day one. I can't find it. I'm like, the only place I've been in this building, there's these two, three places and the clothes are nowhere to be found. So I'm looking through my car and I'm looking through all these places. This went on for three days. I mean, it bothers me when I can't find what I'm looking for. For three days, I'm looking for these clothes. And I'm like, who wants my clothes? <laughs> right? I mean, it's just an old pair of jeans and a t-shirt. Who in the world would take my clothes? And Jamie's like, nobody took your clothes. You're always losing stuff. Who knows where they're at? You need to take responsibility and keep your clothes. And so finally, um, and it was really by accident, I'm walking through uh, the mechanical room at the church, and I look down in this box. Guess what was in the box? My clothes. So nobody took my clothes, right? Nobody wanted my clothes. I just forgot that I went through there and put them there, and I was going to pick them up and change later. So, so I'm, I'm notorious for losing things. I'm like, where are my keys? And when the kids were at home, it was easy to blame the kids. What'd you do with my keys? We haven't touched your keys. Yeah, I know you guys have been playing with my keys. Where are they at? Like, we don't have your keys, Dad. We can't drive. We're five. <laughs> <laughs> where are my keys? And, you know, Jamie, where you? I know you took my keys. She goes, well, I don't need your keys. What do I want with your keys? So I'm, you know, constantly, constantly blaming somebody. I, I shared this in the first service, and I, I hesitate to share it in the second service, but I will. Um, just because confession is good for us. Um, I had just purchased an iPhone a couple of years ago. And um, I just got it. It's about a week old. And I was at the Y in Painesville. And if you've ever been there, you know, they have these little, um, in the locker room, it's kind of sectioned off. And these little pods or whatever that you can go in. And just maybe six, seven, ten lockers in each section. And there was only me and another guy there that, that, in that particular area. And I had all my clothes all over the place. And uh, so I walked over to get a drink of water. And when I came back, he was gone. Not only was he gone, but my phone was gone. Yeah, that's what I said too. And I'm like, did he take my phone? And I'm looking through my bag and I'm looking through the clothes and I'm looking through the locker. And I'm like, this phone is nowhere to be found. I can't believe this guy took my phone. And so I go downstairs and he's in the weight room. Now listen to me. I avoid the weight room. I know it doesn't look like it, but I do. I avoid the weight room. I'm, I'm more on the, you know, little treadmill. Just let me, you know, what have you. And so I go down in the weight room. And this guy's down here. He's pumping iron and it's all free weights and it's all the big guys down there. And I walk down there. I'm like, excuse me, did you accidentally pick up my phone? He's like, no, I didn't, I didn't pick up your phone. And I'm like, um, are you sure you didn't accidentally pick up my phone? Because you and I were the only ones in the locker area, and you're gone, and so is my phone. And he sat back, he said, are you accusing me of stealing your phone? I'm like, no, I'm asking you, did you accidentally pick up my phone? He said, you're accusing me of stealing or taking your phone, aren't you? And I'm like, well... He said, you think I have it? I'm like, I don't know. That's why I'm asking you. He goes, do you want to see my locker? And I said, as a matter of fact, I would like to see your locker. Preacher. 
So he goes storming upstairs, and I'm following him upstairs. He opens up his locker. Man, he's throwing stuff out of his locker. He's ripping his bag open. I mean, it's on right there. It's, it's taking place. And he doesn't, he says, I don't have your phone. Here, check. And he, flipped, he takes a flip phone out. And I'm like, he probably don't have my phone. <laughs> no offense to any flip phone people in the room right now. I'm like, he probably doesn't have my phone. And so I'm like, man, I know somebody took my phone. He's the only one here. So I leave and it just bugs. It's just bothering me because I can't find my phone. Shifting responsibility. I can't find my phone. And this guy took it. I know he took it. Well, I pulled over and I start going through my bag again. And I looked down after I pulled all the clothes out. I looked down and my shoes were in there. And with, uh, I don't know how it happened, but my phone was down in my shoe. I'm like, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. And uh, I have a lot of pie to eat right now, a lot of humble pie. So I did the right thing. I turned around, I went back, and he was still lifting weights. And I went back downstairs. I said, hey, look, I'm sorry. He said, I found my phone. I said, I found my phone. He said, I told you I didn't take your phone. And I'm like, I know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I accused you of taking uh, my phone. And, um, you know, just please accept my apology. Well, come to find out that uh, he was a deacon or is a deacon in another church. (laughs) And uh, I just saw him last week. We were there together, same area. And hey, how you doing? So we mended that relationship. So you never know how things are going to end, right? And I said all of that is because I didn't take responsibility of taking care of my phone. And I wanted to blame it on someone else because it was easier for me to blame somebody than to take the responsibility of making sure I knew where my phone was, right? And so boundaries start with me. Say boundaries start with me. Boundaries start with me. Why are boundaries important? Well, they're important because in the natural and in the spirit, things are set up. There are boundaries that are set up in our life for our protection. They're not there to hurt us. They're not there to harm us, but they're there to help us. You know, God gave Adam and Eve boundaries. He said, you you can have any tree in this garden that you want. It's all yours. He said, except for that tree right over there. He said, that tree belongs to me. And he said, you leave that tree alone. But, right, we just talked about it. Eve, being tempted, went to the tree and partook of the fruit. And so God was trying to keep them from something, not keeping something from them. And the reason God sets boundaries up in our life, spiritual boundaries, is to keep us from harm, is to keep us from doing things that are going to cause us pain, that are going to cause us suffering, and are going to cause us trials. And so God says, I'm going to set this boundary here, and as long as you stay within that boundary, you're going to thrive and you're going to be successful. Well, we have boundaries in the natural as well. As a matter of fact, you should have obeyed the boundaries that were set before you as you came to church today. For example, they, uh, when you drove here today, there were boundaries called speed limits. You don't have to raise your hand. How many of you How many of you were running late and said, I need to get to church? Step on it, right? There were boundaries. There there were uh, signs. These are boundaries that keep us safe, right? There are lanes that we're supposed to stay in. There are boundaries to keep us safe. How many of you hate when the slow driver gets in the fast lane? Let me ask this side. Anybody over here? Come on, it's okay. It's all right. I don't see any halos out here right? It's like, there's a reason there's two lanes and you're in the wrong lane. Praise the Lord. As the preacher passes you by anyhow, man, I am in trouble today. So you had to follow boundaries to get here today, right? So how many of you, the first group, nobody, how many of you have park assistance on your car? Anybody? A couple of you park assistance on your car. Check this out. This is, this is pretty incredible. Watch this. Watch this. I'm not talking about a backup camera. Watch this.
So did I tell you about the time I lost my phone? <laughs> How about the time I lost my dog? You definitely don't want to hear that story because we'll walk out of this room. Watch this right here. that awesome? Come on. I mean, I wish I would have had that when I had to take my driver's test because we used to have to parallel park, right? Anybody remember that? And I failed. And um, I wish we would have had that when, when, when we were taking our driver's test. But, uh, you know, that shows you that, that um, they have designed something to get you in and out of difficult places very easily. How many of you know life doesn't work that way, Right? Life doesn't work that way. How many of you know that our morals don't work that way? In other words, our morals are not automatic. There are no, uh, they're not, our morals are manual, I should say. They're not automatic. And so no one is going to drive your morality for you. That's stuff that you and I have to do. You have to drive it for ourselves. And this is why we value the word of God. Trust me, I'm going somewhere. Hold on. This is why we build our family. We build our relationships. We build our partnerships on the word of God. Why? Because the word of God never changes. The world changes. The world goes through phases. Culture changes. Fads come and go. But the word of God remains the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, right? In other words, what worked yesterday will work today, and it will work tomorrow as well. I said all that to say this. When you start building boundaries in your life based on the Word of God, it will work for you no matter what season and no matter what circumstance you find yourself in. When you build boundaries based upon the word of God, it produces a clear vision for your life. Why is that important? Well, because Proverbs 29 and 18 tells us that. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Another translation says, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint, but happy is he who keeps the law, boundaries, parameters in which to live by. What this scripture is teaching us, if there are no boundaries, all the restraints come off of us and everyone does what is right in their own sight and in their own mind. Listen, having, having no vision, Having no vision in your life, no goals set in your life is like a river without any banks. You know what we call that? We call that a flood. That's what we call that. And when there's a flood, all types and all kinds of things get thrown into that and start flowing by into that certain area of that, uh, of, of that area. And so spiritually speaking, when we set up no boundaries for our life, when we have no borders, no parameters in which we live by, we allow just anything and everything to flow in and out of our life. And we're not supposed to live our life that way. We are supposed to live our life with boundaries, right? Why? So that you and I can control what flows into our life and what flows out from our life. Anybody remember bumper cars? Anybody old enough to remember them? Okay, bumper cars. What was the goal of a bumper car? To bump into somebody, right? Get in the car and run into other cars. Did you notice there's no finish line? Did you notice that uh, there are no lanes to drive in? Did you notice that there's really no winner? You just get in there and you just buzz around until they turn the buzzer off or whatever it is. And then you just get out. 
And that's the way a lot of people live their life. They just bump into relationships. They bump into this opportunity. They bump into this failure because they have no vision. They have no goals and they have no boundaries set up for their life. Paul comes along and Paul says this. He says, if you want to reach your destination in God, if you want to fulfill the purpose that God has for your life, then you are going to be responsible for the boundaries that are set up in your life. And he says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 12. This is what he says. He's talking to a church now, and he's talking to a group of believers that really are dysfunctional right now. The way they're doing church, the way they're living, and Paul is sent as a spiritual father to try to straighten out this church. And this is what he says. He says, you say, I'm allowed to do anything. It's as though they are... They are um, taking grace to the extent, doing whatever they want to do with it. He says, but not everything is good for you. And even though I am allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. And what Paul is telling us is this. I have to work out what's best for me and my life. I can't allow other people to constantly tell me what I need to be doing, how I need to be doing it, and how I ought to live. The Bible says that you and I are to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling, right? So there are certain things that I can't tell you what to do. There are certain things that I can't tell you what you should or shouldn't do. For instance, there are things that God may say in my life, Ken, I don't want you doing that. But that doesn't mean that Dave can't do that. God may not have told Dave not to do that. God may have given Dave permission to do that. And I'm not talking about outright sin. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about some of these things that could be negotiable. Maybe God has told Dave, Dave, I don't want you to do that, but it's okay for me to do that. You understand? Because we all on this destination journey and this destination track. And so we have to make sure that we're not putting on other people what we feel like God's called us to do, and they're not putting on us what they feel like we ought to be doing. I'm talking about starting to build boundaries in our relationships. So the first boundaries that you and I are going to build to have healthy relationships are the boundaries in which we put upon ourselves. Everyone say, it starts with me. So these are guardrails, guardrails that we need to establish in our life. I've never heard of anyone getting upset for running into a guardrail that keeps them from driving off a cliff. I've never heard of anyone complain, you know what? If that stupid guardrail wouldn't have been there, I'd have went over that cliff. I've never heard anyone complain about that. I've never heard anyone really complain about hitting those mediums on the highway. I've hit one before. Anybody else? Man, I'm the only one who gets in trouble in this church. <laughs> I hit one before. I hydroplane. I was in Jamie's car. I borrowed her car. We were dating. And um, she had a little Datsun 280Z. It was really cool, right? A little nose type thing. And so I hydroplane, and the nose of that car caught right where that where that medium kind of bends. And I was sliding down that, you know, and I'm like, oh my gosh, everything's in slow motion. And and as I'm sliding, on this medium, all of a sudden, I start to fishtail back this way. Well, when I'm coming back this way, getting ready to cross another lane, there was a semi, a tractor trailer coming, and it was just like it was in slow motion. I saw it happening. And I just missed from going right underneath, because you know those cars are really small. I just missed from going right underneath that tractor trailer. I believe God spared my life that day. I really do, because I had a praying mama. She's probably watching. Hi, Mom. We love you had a praying mama. And, and I still haven't lived it down today because Jamie says, you, re you remember when you wrecked my car? <laughs> I'm not the one who gets the tickets. You're the one who gets the tickets. I'm like, hey, can we just get past this? It's 35 years ago. <laughs> Everybody makes a mistake, right? It's like, can we just move past this? And every time, every time I'm driving and she gets upset with my driving, well, remember that wreck you had? Yeah, I do. I was 17. Goodness. But really, that guardrail kept me 
If, if it wouldn't have been there, I would have crossed lanes and went over onto oncoming traffic. And who knows what would have happened there. What I'm trying to get you to see is this, that these guardrails are set up in our life for our protection. They're there to help us. They're there to keep us on the path that we need to be on, right? So that's why God establishes guardrails in our spiritual life. These are boundaries that simply say this. If I, if I want to go there, then I can't go here. I didn't say you couldn't. But for me right now, if I want to get to that destination, then I have to avoid this destination. I have to avoid this area. And so you have to be able to start establishing guardrails in your life. Some of you are sitting right here and you're saying something like this. I thought this was supposed to be about relationships. And I'm still waiting for you to talk to me about relationships and how to deal with difficult people. The only thing you've talked about is us, me. You got it. You know why? Because you are the most difficult person you will have to deal with. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when I told you last week, hey, I'm going to talk about dealing with difficult people, you're like, yeah, and I'm going to invite somebody that's really difficult, and I'm going to say, go get him, pastor. It's like, what he says, what he says. Say, so it starts with me. If at all possible, keep peace. It starts with me. Keeping peace in the relationship starts with me. The boundaries start with me because you are the most difficult person you have to deal with. I'll prove it to you. You lie to yourself more than anybody else. Anybody ever been on a diet? Right? Seven days into the diet. Yeah. I really, really need that cake. It's been seven days and I've been really good. I need that cake. How many of you know you really don't need that cake? How many of you know you want that cake? Right? You want the cake. How many of you have been like this? You know what? Uh, I've been really good. I deserve to splurge. Uh-huh. We lie to ourselves. We're the most difficult person we will have to deal with. This is why you have to establish boundaries in your personal life. This is why you have to say, you know what? I'm not eating cake today. Well, I just took the air out of the room right there. Everybody's like, I can't? This is why you have to establish these boundaries in your life and say, this is what I'm going to live by. This is what I'm going to practice. Why? So that I can keep within the parameters and the borders that I know I need to be in in order to get where God wants me to be. So I've been talking about us personally because there has to be personal boundaries. When you have personal boundaries, here's what will happen. It will help you determine who comes into your life, who has access into your life, and who leaves your life, and who doesn't have access to your life. In other words, it will keep the right people in and the wrong people out. Can I tell some of you that the reason that you're facing some of the storms that you've gone through, or maybe you're going through right now, or maybe you've been through, the reason that you're facing storms is because you didn't set boundaries? Could I tell you that maybe, just maybe, that if this person wasn't in your life or if this person didn't have access to this area of your life, you wouldn't be going through some of the things that you've gone through? Can I prove it to you by the scripture? How many of you remember the story of Jonah? Remember Jonah? God called Jonah to go to Nineveh. God said, I want you to go and I want you to preach to Nineveh and I want you to preach repentance to them. What did, what did Jonah do? Jonah said, okay, I'm gonna go get a ticket and I'm heading to Tarshish. He went the exact opposite way God called him. He gets on this boat with everybody else, and a storm comes up. And it's a storm to where they're fearing for their life. And they're saying, you know what? We need to pray to our gods. He needs to spare us of this, of this storm or we're going to die. So they go down into the boat, and they say, Jonah, we need you to start praying. We need you to start praying to your God because we're going under. This thing's going down. And Jonah said, listen, I don't need to pray. 
Let me tell you why you're in the storm that you're in. You're in the storm that you're in because I'm on this boat. Wouldn't it be amazing if we had people in our lives that would come up to us and say, you know what? The reason that you're going through what you're going through is because you allowed me this space, this access in your life. And if I wasn't part of your life right now, you wouldn't be going through what you're going through. Ooh, help us, Jesus. Right? And so the minute that these guys find out that the storm will stop if Jonah gets off this boat, it's like, see ya, Felicia. <laughs> Hashtag Jonah. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> and when they got him off the boat, things settled down. I'm just, I'm just saying that maybe you're going through some rocky things, maybe you're going through some storms, is because you have the wrong person around you or the wrong people around you or you've given them too much access into your life and you need to be able to step back and set some parameters and say, you know what, uh, I'm not going to allow you to be in this area of my life. And I, you would be amazed, you would really be amazed how things would begin to settle down, how the drama in your life would begin to settle down if you would get rid of your Messiah complex because you can't help everybody if it's possible. Do everything you can do, but some things are not possible, not because of you, but because of them. I'll move on. One of the things you have to be able to do is this. You have to be able to manage your relationships. Let me give you a subtitle to that. A subtitle to that would be balance your books. There are people that are going to be in your life who make deposits. In other words, they encourage you, they pray for you, they're there for you, they support you, they stand beside you, they're just there, and they deposit into your life. But sometimes we'll look at people who God has called to deposit into our life, and we'll, we'll think that they're making a withdrawal from our life when they're actually making a deposit into our life because they will say things to us that we don't want to hear, but we need to hear. I don't want to hear this, but I need to hear this. And sometimes we think that those people are those that are making a withdrawal, but they're really making a deposit because they're key, trying to spare us of some problems down the road. I don't know about you, but I've had people in my life, close friends in my life, that says, listen, you don't need to do that. You don't need to go there. I wouldn't do that if I were you. And the reason they were saying those things to me was because all of us have blind spots. There are blind spots in our life. And so they're able to see things just because they're around us that maybe we are unable to see at that particular season of our life. And so you have to, you have to understand, don't label your helpers as haters just because they tell you the truth. Come on, wave at me. Don't label them as haters. They are helpers. And even if they tell you what you don't want to hear, you need to hear it because they're trying to keep you within the boundaries that they know that you have set for your life. So part of balancing the books are knowing those who are going to make deposits into my life, but also knowing those who are going to make withdrawals of, into my life or from my life. God created us to be givers. God created us to be contributors and not just consumers, right? It's what he created Adam and Eve. He said, multiply, be fruitful, subdue, have dominion. Don't spend your entire life being a consumer, be a contributor. And so there are people that God will bring into your life that God wants you to deposit into their life. God wants you to sow into their life. And so you have to understand that you're going to sow in certain people's lives at certain times. You're going to sow your time into that person's life. You're going to sow talents into that person's life. You're going to share wisdom 
that you've learned over the years. You're going to sow that into that person's life. You're going to sow encouragement. You're going to sow joy. You're going to sow love into that person's life because here's the key to that. Whatever you sow into someone's life is coming back. So the Bible says, uh, Luke 6, 38, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over. Whatever you measure out to people is going to be measured back to you. So if you measure out encouragement, guess what's coming back into your life? If you measure out hope, guess what's coming back into your life? If you measure out wisdom, guess what's coming back into your life? So there are times that you're in a sowing season in people's lives. You listen, you're just sowing and you're sowing and you're sowing. Because sooner or later, you're going to need someone to turn around and sow into your life. And if you've never sowed into anybody's life... It's going to be hard for people to sow back into your life. Give, and it will be given unto you. But then there are people that are takers. They're just takers. They're, they want to take your time. They want to take your attention. And one of the ways that you'll know that they're takers is if you give your time and attention to somebody else, they cop an attitude with you. And they get jealous because they want all of your time and they want all of your attention. They'll take your money. They'll take advantage of your generosity. They'll take advantage of your kindness. And you have to understand something about life. You have to understand that there are people who will irrigate your life and there are people who will irritate your life. And you need to know who you're dealing with. You need to know those people in your life. You have to know and identify the people that are around you. You know, Jesus said, he said that we are to love our enemies. We are to know those whom we labor with. And a lot of times we think of an enemy as someone who hates us or someone who's out to get us. But what if I were to tell you that there are some people in your life that are enemies, but they're not necessarily your haters, and they're not necessarily out to get you, but they are enemies of your destiny. There are some people that are enemies of your time. And they're not even, they don't, they don't even realize it's unintentional. They don't even realize they're an enemy of your time. Let me give you an example. You ever look at your phone and a certain number or name comes up and you're like, uh, Let me, I don't know if I have an hour because you know that conversation is going to be an hour. It's, it's never less than an hour. You know that conversation is going there. And you know that if you answer that phone, that for the next 59 minutes, they're going to do all the talking. And you're like, yeah, mm -hmm, okay, yeah, uh-huh, right, right. That's an enemy of your time. Or they just show up unannounced. Hey, Thought I'd come over and hang out with you today. Okay. Yeah, but I, I, I mean, I have some things that I need to get done. I have some things that I need to do here. And so all of a sudden, the whole day goes by, and you didn't get anything done that you were supposed to do, right? Why? Because someone took your time. And the reason they took your time is because you didn't have any boundaries. There were no clear boundaries set up that says, you know what, from this time to this time, I'm unavailable. From this time to this time, I'm going to be here, and I'm going to be doing this. If you don't learn to set up boundaries, there will always be takers in your life who will take rather than give to your life. There are people that are enemies of your purpose. And again, it could be unintentional, but nonetheless, you have to recognize it. But not only do you have to recognize it, you have to confront it. And I can give you Bible for this too. I want you to watch this. Look at this scripture right here. Matthew chapter 16. It says this. Let me set this scripture up first. Peter has been chosen by Jesus. He's been hanging out with Jesus. He's been doing life with Jesus. Jesus asked this question, who do men say that I am? And Everyone went around guessing who they thought Jesus was. And Peter said, well, you're the Christ. You're the son of God. You're the anointed son of God. And Jesus said, listen, Simon, who later he changed his name to Peter. He said, listen, 
Flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you. My Father, which is in heaven, gave you that revelation. And now I'm going to build my church. He's talking to Peter. I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell are not going to prevail against it. In other words, I'm building my church on the revelation that I am the Christ and the gates of hell. How many of you know that's a high watermark for Peter's life? I mean, Peter could have walked around with his chest stuck out and like, man, do you hear what Jesus said about me? Do you see what Jesus did for me? And then just a few verses later, look what happens. Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. He said, never, Lord. Jesus was talking about his death. He says, never, Lord. And he said, this shall never happen to you. And then Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Wow. I thought we were friends. I thought you loved me. And now you're telling me, get behind me, Satan? You have to understand he's not calling Peter Satan. He's letting Peter know you're being influenced by a spirit that's not of me. You're being influenced by Satan, a demonic spirit. And he says, get behind me. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have the mind, the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. And because Jesus loves Peter, he rebukes him, he corrects him, and this is what he says. He says, no. Here's a boundary. You're not crossing this, Peter, because right now what you're saying is becoming a threat to my purpose. Peter, right now the enemy is using you to be an enemy of my purpose. And I'm not going to let that happen. And I'm just trying to get us to see, I'm not talking about being mean-spirited. I'm not talking about, you know, just going out and calling people Satan. I'm not talking about that. But I am talking about recognizing people that are hindering the destiny, the purpose, the plan, the call that God has for your life and allowing them to hinder you from reaching that place. I said it in the first service, I'm gonna say it in this service. One of the best things that you and I can rediscover is the word no. No. This is what Jesus told Peter, no. That's not true. That's not going to happen. And this is Jesus teaching us how to build a boundary in love. And he, he explains it very clearly. He said, you're operating in something that opposes my purpose and you need to change that because if you don't change that, we might have to part ways. One of the best things that you and I can do as we leave this place today is learn to rediscover the word no. Can I borrow some money? No. Can I come over? No. Can I sleep on your couch? No, not because I don't love you, not because I don't care about you, but what I'm doing right now is not helping you. It's hindering you. How many of you know, if you keep bailing somebody out time after time, after time, after time, after time, how many of you know you're not helping that person? You're really not. And it's hard because we want to help people. Especially family, right? We want to help them. And it's hard because we don't want to hurt anybody. We don't want to make them feel bad. But if you don't set up boundaries, people will continue to trespass until they know where the boundary is. They have to know where the line is, and you've crossed this line. And someone that is always asking for money, and you continue to help them, and I'm not talking about somebody who's just down on their luck. I'm talking about someone who has a habitual habit of taking bailouts because of their bad decisions. There comes a time where you have to say, I can't help you anymore. 
I love you, but I'm not going to support your bad habit any longer. I love you, but I'm not going to support your bad decisions any longer. I care about you. I'm here to help you. But you're never going to grow up. You're never going to take responsibility for yourself until I make you do it. And the only way that I can make you do that is to put a boundary here and say no. No. And let me tell you what's going to happen. If you'll come and play somebody, I'll, I'll be quiet. Let me tell you what's going to happen. When you start setting boundaries, when you start telling people no, they're going to try to make you feel guilty. To make you feel bad. But don't, don't fall into that trap. They're going to try, they're going to try to manipulate you and the situation. Well, you know, if you don't help me, if you don't help me with this, I'm going to lose my home. I'm going to lose my car. I'm going to lose, if you don't help me with this, I'm going to lose everything. Well, listen, you may feel that way and I feel bad about that, but I cannot continue to bail out your bad decisions. And the only way they're going to grow up and the only way that they're going to learn is sometimes to have to go through that themselves. I can't believe the preacher's telling us that. Listen, Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. No, that's not happening today. I'm telling you in love and, I, and I'm trying to help you, but these are some parameters. These are some boundaries that I have to be set up if our relationship is going to go forward. I want you to stand with me this morning. I'm way over my time. Some of you are continuing to finance people's failures, their bad habits, in some cases their addictions. And you're just going to have to let them pay for their bad decisions so that they won't make them anymore. Set a boundary and stick with it. It starts with me. Say, it starts with me. These are my boundaries. And then I'm going to look at my relationships and I'm going to look at people that, that I know God's called me to sow into their life and I'm going to do it. I'm going to look at relationships and I'm going to look at people that I know these people are takers. I just know they're takers. And so I'm going to put boundaries up here that lets them know, listen, I got about 30 minutes. I got about 30 minutes. What, how can I help you? What, what, do we, what can we do? Listen, this is the last $20 I'm giving you. From here on out, you're going to have to do this your own, on your own. You're going to have to set those boundaries and stick with it, right? Anybody ever grind, uh, grind your kids and they keep bugging you? And an hour later, it's like, okay, get out of my hair. to just take that into adulthood. I don't know. Maybe it was a different day, a different time, but if I was grounded, if one of, if, especially if my father grounded me, I didn't even bother to ask to get out of that thing. Because anytime I would ask to get out of it, he would just add to it. Now, mom, maybe every now and then, but she would always say, well, yep, yeah, depends on your dad. And if it depended on him, if it was a week, I was grounded for a week. I can tell you that right now. Amen. So I knew there was no gray. I knew if I did this and I crossed that boundary and they found out about it, they always find out. They always find out that I was going to be in trouble. So I knew where the boundary was. A lot of times I'd cross it and I'd pay the consequences for it as well. Amen. Listen, I'm here to encourage you. I'm here to help you. 
help you with relationships, godly, healthy families, partnerships, all of those things. But it starts with boundaries on yourself, upon them. Amen? Let's pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you once again that your word has given us boundaries to live by. That, Lord, if we would follow these boundaries, our life would not be void of trials and tests, but, Lord, it would keep us on the path that you have chosen for us, the destiny that you have for us. So I pray, Father, that we would search the scripture for ourselves, that we would listen to your voice for ourselves, to hear for ourselves things that you're asking us to give up, things that you say that we can continue to keep in our life. I'm asking, Father, that you direct us, and I'm asking God that you would give us the courage to have difficult conversations with people. Give us the strength, Lord, to have those difficult times with those that we know we need to confront. And we'll never cease to give you the praise nor the glory for it. Our prayer team is coming, and if you are here this morning and you know you need to leave this place today and you need to go back, and there are some people that you know you need to confront in love and you just need some wisdom and you need some direction from God and you want someone just to agree with you in prayer as they begin to sing I want you to make your way down to this altar you need prayer for anything in your life we're here for that and as they make their way down as they make their way down give them an opportunity give them an opportunity can be dismissed. Is that okay? Amen. Come on. Come on. Anybody else? I know I need to have some tough conversations. I know I need to confront a few things and I've, I've put it off. I've delayed it. I've hindered it. I thought it would go away. It will not go away. I know what I need to do now. I know these things need to be confronted and I just need, I need some wisdom. Would you come? Come on. I need to set some boundaries this week. I know I need to do it. I know I need to do it. And I've been, I just been, I, I just been a little reluctant because I don't want them to feel hurt or betrayed, but I just know I need to do this. just ask right now, Lord, as we are dismissed in this room today.